Welcome to Scott Pilgrim versus the podcast, a podcast where so far we have unsuccessfully challenged Scott Pilgrim, but I think this is it. This is the episode where we're finally going to take that show down. Scott Pilgrim takes off. We're going to be talking about episode four, whatever. And I'm <laughs> whatever. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And if you haven't watched the episode already on Netflix, do check it out because, of course, we're going to get into spoilers. But Ramona is investigating the disappearance of Scott Pilgrim. And to do that, she tracks down Lucas Lee to a movie set where he is playing Mm. Scott Pilgrim in a movie called Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life that is supposedly written by young neil Um, Neil. we get a lot of in jokes about paparazzi we get some more ninja paparazzi which i know you love pete oh my god and by the end of the episode very similar to the last episode we were talking about the the, they have a formula now she's reached some sort of closure with lucas lee whether he has is i guess tbd um or to be discussed uh at the end of the episode Mm, uh and she has a new suspect by the end who is todd with his vegan portals uh, lots powers. of other things going on here to talk about. Um, cameos. cameos. Cameos galore. So yeah. many good cameos. Yes. Um, but uh, I do want to say this was, I believe, Brian Lee O'Malley and Scott uh, Ben Ben David Grubinski. Is that his yeah. name? Ben Grubinski, yeah. And Scott Pilgrim, who wrote the show. Uh, ben David Grubinski. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know if this is their favorite episode, but this is the episode they were most excited my about. my favorite. Uh, because they really? felt like... Apparently, they were kind of hitting a wall in the writer's room, and they got to a point with this where suddenly they had a breakthrough. I don't know what the breakthrough was, but then they They're figured out, oh, okay, here's how to crack it, and here's how to focus on it. And I kind of agree with you, Pete. I think this is my favorite episode so far. Oh, that's crazy, because this is my least favorite episode. Oh, no! What? Come on, dude! It's not... So I, it's, a, it's all... I loud! You la- you LOL'd? Oh, man, yes. I can't wait to learn about that. Is um, the problem, but, Justin, that since you're Hollywood, this hit a yeah, little too you're close to Hollywood, home? You yeah. don't like being made fun I was of. Like, I, lo- yeah. I look at myself in the mirror every day. I don't need to see it reflected in my Scott Pilgrim <laughs> you're episode. You're the young Neil. Uh, no, I... I, I'm not saying it's bad by any means. I just think this is my least favorite of the ones so far because of – I think the major major thing is now we're back on a track. Now we're back into a mm. formula, a structure, and I was loving how wild and anything could happen the other episodes were. And now we just sort of see what's happening in a way, which – Whatever, young Neil. Uh, yeah, it, but like I still liked it, and this one just felt a little lighter, and it f- just felt different in tone a bit. Like there was a lot of like just cutaways to so like someone saying "yuck" or whatever. Just it felt more Looney Tunes than um, the more emotionally driven stuff from the other episodes. Well, that's I, just no, sorry. No, it's I, not I a drama a, all the time. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that. some fun, and uh, you know, is very epic in battles. I, what the, the fuck, man? I love fun. Look at me. My hat's all sideways. I'm a fun guy. So, like, you don't have to tell me what fun is. Well, I don't know what your problem is then. Can, I just can, said in my just very this light dramatic complaint. line producer who's like, oh, just. I get, I hear your complaint. I disagree with there it because it I am the opposite here. I find comfort in terms of the structure. I do like yeah, shaking things up. And be like, but oh, constantly shaking things up gets a little alarming at a certain point. It feels like. 
maybe just like hone in on what your show is about. And what I mm. like here is that we set the structure of the last episode. We're following it here to really drive it in. I think we're probably going to shake it up again as we go forward. There's only four more episodes left in the entire season and a lot of X's to go through and a lot of other things to go, uh, you know, set up. But what this does is um, it's much subtler than the last episode, like the closure or at least the catharsis that Ramona gets with Roxy in the previous episode is very emotional and the way that they drive into it through the animation and through the characters, it hurts to watch with Lucas Lee, because the whole idea is him doing the whatever the entire time, it's much gentler, but I really liked where they got by the end where he starts in this place like he doesn't care about anything. And you realize by the end, no, he actually does care about a lot of things. And I feel like they play that out in his final whatever. There's a smirk there, but it's kind of... It's not the disinvolved smirk from the beginning. It's more the knowing smirk at the end. And I like yeah. that. It's, it's a gentler arc than the previous episodes, I guess. Well, and I also, I do like that each episode now feels like it is a full-on reflection of the X that we're dealing with. Like the Roxy episode was much more emotional and a little more like sort of uh, moody and more the way it was presented even visually sort of felt like an extension of her. This feels very much like a Lucas Lee, like, yeah, sick. Bah! And like, and that's what we got for the yeah. season. It's a, it's an absolute blast of a good time. Plus the whole thing of like, who is playing, you know, like if Lucas Lee is in this movie, who is he playing? If it's not yeah, there's Lucas fun. Lee and the fact that it, the reveal that he's dressed up like Scott Pilgrim was hilarious because when, you know, Hollywood takes over a project. It's usually a buffer, younger looking person. So it was just so funny on a lot of different levels. I I just I love the way this opens. And yeah, we do. It's this comfort of like, oh, we're going to spend time in the X's world each time. This is so cool. Also, it's different because of like the fight wasn't a fight that we was close to what we had before. We had Lucas Lee versus the paparazzi here, which is such a funnier thing. And the yeah. ninja, the, the whole the playing on action movies and like, oh, my God, the whole reveal of that broken skateboard. There was so was sweet. much. That was sweet. It was I really will say, Pete, cool. you're right. Like the in Hollywood, um, the, the people are always played by younger buffer versions. That's why in the CBC movie, I'm actually playing Pete. I'm playing the Pete role. <laughs> so just look forward to that. I've got a lot of Better close observations. Garbage plates now, bro. You got to no, bulk a thing. up. That's a thing. I don't, garbage plates is not a good bulking up food. <laughs> it is, up, bro. It is fat meat and Direct carbs. Rochester winter. That's your friend to bulk up the belly. Yeah, the Rochester Marathon, they recommend you have three to four garbage plates the night before, yeah, right. right? To really like bulk up for the race. And by mm-hmm. race, I mean the sleep race. Sleep, yeah. Sleep nap, race. nap race. I, I'll, I'll, this is kind of reiterating what I said before, but just to drive in and on farther, and maybe this is what bothered you about it, Justin, to the point where you're clearly furious. No, I'm not that, I'm not that bothered. Live it, just, live I was more in responding to you guys loving this episode. You've so got much. steams coming out of your ears. There's a red line going straight up your face like a cartoon. Again, a very Looney Tune, just like this episode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nice. This feels like a repilot to me, which is weird because it's the fourth episode. But for anybody listening mm-hmm. out there who doesn't know, this 
is they don't really do this that much anymore in the streaming age, but they used to do it all the time with broadcast shows. And I assume they still do. I don't really watch procedurals, so I don't know. But you have the pilot, which sets up the situation and the characters and everything. But often it's kind of janky, like it sells you on the thing, but it's very much like, hello, I am a police detective and you are a criminal whose specific skill is in this. Let's go solve this mystery. Goodbye. So Hmm. the second episode they reiterate it. They do it again. And the reason for that is because you wouldn't stream things back in the day. They wouldn't rebroadcast things. Um, so you had a chance if you missed the pilot and heard it was good to watch it again and you get the same premise again. So that's kind of what this feels like there to me is just sort of a reiteration of the thing. But I do want to say again about the relationship stuff. I think they take that a step farther here because a lot of last episode was Roxy being like, you really hurt me. And Romana being like, you know what? You're right here. It's a lot more about what we were talking about. I think in the podcast, if I remember correctly, where it's about how people view breakups differently. Like the breakup is being yeah. done to you. So you are going to view it with hurt or you're going to view it. Like I really hurt this other person, but it's this very Rashomon two sides of the story. Rashomon is three sides. I know that, but like it's two sides of the mm-hmm. story and they paint the full picture because we, the viewers get to see that in this episode with Lucas and Ramona, but at the same time, it's meant different things to them in their lives. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, and I also think like that, uh, that, that's what was not in any previous iteration of this. So it makes sense that that is what we're focusing on in this new version, the new format we've hit in these last two episodes. And I, I also like that each sort of storytelling of it feels a little different. Like yeah, it's this like one, a heightening of an idea, which is really cool. And a, a comedy thing as well, where they're, they're taking something we know and love. And what if we did this? Oh, what if we brought it to this other level? And we've seen a lot of different iterations of it to have it, be focused on the exes and Ramona and Scott Pilgrim not even a part of this is a fresh, new, heightened idea. And it's fun to explore because we love this world already. I'm, I, I love how smart they're being with this property. Yeah. I'm absolutely I've never complained having, about it. I've never complained about it once. You literally spent the last 10 minutes complaining about it. Just, I was not complaining. Screaming, was, uh, screaming at us. Losing his fucking mind. All right, I get it. You're young Neil, and you didn't like how they made fun of you, but your line, Justin, when you were like, that's a super fresh, fast trash can, I fell out laughing. It was so I keep funny. saying that's me. It's young, so good, uh, man. Your delivery on that was so great. Uh, what I was going to say is that this, the Lucas Lee, felt like a home movie as opposed to in the last one and the Roxy stuff felt uh, a little different stylistically. This had its own sort of uh, nostalgia uh, drive to it that felt a little different visually. And so I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, what should we talk about here? What should we, I mean, we've been jumping all over in place and generally talking about the episode, um, but let's talk about the meta stuff that happened here because I, mm. it, changes the whole Scott Pilgrim. Like Scott Pilgrim is this thing that always feels like, despite the Envy Adams of it all and her being a big superstar, it feels like it's on the outskirts. It's like literally people wandering through the streets of Toronto and they're like, man, I hope we make it as a band in our 20s. And this feels like, even though they're setting it in Toronto wood, it's very knowing. It's very like we've been in Hollywood for a while. It's looking back. It's very meta. Um, and I like that, but it really changes the flavor of the thing once you get on yeah. set. And like Wallace gets cast in the movie. Oh, and, yeah, it was hilarious. 
yeah, Ramona uh, is skating around set and everything. Um, and I like it, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Are they are they taking it too far? Are they taking it too far from the premise, from the setting? No, I, I like it because it feels like we've had they've made progress in their lives. So they're talking about different things creatively in this. And I thought all that stuff was great. Like the Wallace Wells hitting on Ramona. Again, we get this butt shot. I don't know if you guys have noticed. There's a lot of butts. This one was literally it. a highlighted butt of Envy Adams playing Ramona. Right? No, no, it was actually Ramona. Sorry, it was actually Ramona. Yeah, it was literally a spotlight on her butt. I don't know. I just maybe I it's me talking butts, stuff, but they're butts. They're, this show's focusing on butts. That was here. That was just That's very Doom Patrol. weird we to me. Podcast where there were killer butts. I'm Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. No, uh, there's butts here. I agree there's with you. Everywhere. I thought that butt shot was weird. Like I know they're emphasizing yeah. the fact that the guy playing Wallace Wells was aggressively heterosexual, but yeah. it was also strangely timed because there was this whole online argument conversation about Mary Elizabeth's Winstead's butt in Ahsoka because mm. men kept commenting on it and people were like, stop being gross. Leave her alone. It's just a shot from the back. Calm down, everybody. So to have that argument happening for the month and a half or so that Ahsoka was running and then be like, here's your butt, guys, was weird. It is weird. It, it was, I uh, just think this show likes butts, and that's fine. Yeah. But the the line um, when they're filming and she's just the, skating away. She's skating but away, but the problem they, is like you know that there's an old lady inside of there, and it makes you oh, you, you want to oh respect God, it. You want to respect yeah. that butt instead of leer at that butt, you know, because that's like. 80, 90 years old, something like that. That is a butt that's lived. How dare and you. just, sorry, hashtag respect that butt is, is your <laughs> sort of movement or message that you're, uh, movement, your charity. I think movement is fair. <laughs> if you want to donate, please go to respectthatbutt.com slash Azalman. <laughs> slash throwing your money in a trash can. Uh, I like I, I was the, like, hey, everybody stop being gross about Mary Elizabeth Winstead's butt and then went into that. Then you got and gross. You did that. Yeah. It's just yeah. like how Lucas Lee was like, I, that's so do, stupid. I would never do that. And then the news thing is like, he's dating knives. I fell out laughing so hard. Yeah. And also, that it. was a fun little meta thing because they were like, she's actually 31 years old, which is how I old, I believe, Ellen Wong was when she was filming yeah. Scott Pilgrim. And I think you actually made that point yeah. when we were covering the movie. So I thought that was very funny. Uh, I love the line, um, was that gay enough? And then Wallace <laughs> replaces the Wallace. That was really fun. I would never so grind Wallace. myself to death. Yeah, so Wallace. So like the, 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 the meta commentary, which is I think what we were started to talk about, is strong in this episode. Conversely... Something that I know we've been talking about every episode that we are 100% unable to divorce ourselves from, but I'm curious to get your beat on it anyway. Again, this episode is this episode is the one to me that felt like we might have gotten past the tipping point where you had to have watched Scott Pilgrim and or read Scott Pilgrim to understand a lot of what's going on in this episode. Because by the time that we're depicting Scott Pilgrim's precious little life, and talking about the way things actually went in the movie, went to the graphic novels, we've entered like multiverse of madness type territory. And again, I, I just, I don't know what anybody who is like, oh, fun anime, let me check this out, is thinking at this point. Yeah, well, I think you'd have to. I, thinking, I better go check out these other properties. 
Maybe. And I guess maybe there's a case. It would be interesting to talk to someone who is watching this without seeing anything else, because maybe if the first episode had enough of the bones of it that you could interpret, because Lucas Lee just steps out wearing the Scott outfit without commentary that he's playing Scott. Like, we don't know what any of that means unless we've seen everything that's come before. But maybe the first episode of the series does lay enough out that a, mm-hmm. a noob can get it. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not like impossible to understand, but there are so many things like the grinding thing, like mm-hmm. everything that happens in the Roxy as well. Well, maybe not everything since we saw that before, but a lot of the stuff that they're referring to that's sort of like future stuff um, or would have been future stuff if it had happened. Uh, again, makes it makes it a little tough. What's fun is they also, because they're getting so meta in this, that they had the moment where Lucas Lee literally jumps a shark, you know? So that was a fun mm. also kind of Hollywood meta thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you think about the use of This Is My United States of Whatever, a song that I haven't thought of for, I don't know, decades at this point? Oh, I I don't know that song. Is oh, that a don't? song for real? No. Yeah, yeah. This is my United States of whatever. I'll look up who does it. Nice. Okay. Right. Um, I thought that was cool. The uh, you, of course, Alex, you recognize the Ninja Paparazzi from the game. Uh, I did actually. I made that. I that's those on used the to be level. action figures as well back in the day. Yeah, and they were in the second episode as well. They're tracking yeah. Envy Adams. I know you're. I know you're. You know. How was your progress on the game? Not great, man. Uh, no. Liam Lynch, United States of whatever, from the year 2000, from the album History the of America. The year 2000. Yeah. Wow. Everyone's got a song today. The uh, I like, just if we're going through the episode, I like the, um, at, right after the hair dye, which we saw again in the oh, yeah. runner for the season, we had Lucas Eel, uh, all the fans holding up the signs <laughs> in the wrong order was really funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, young Neil... Just like being weird. The, how many times weird. she says young Neil is hilarious. Like, I loved how she just kept calling him not young Neil. He has gotten weird in this show. That was another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about because, I mean, you know, I'm the original young Neil stad. You uh, are. I love young Neil. This is not what I thought young Neil was from reading the book or even necessarily watching the movie. He's, they have, I feel like hit him on the head with a hammer several times for this show and I don't mind it, but yeah. at the same time, it's, uh, he's Hollywood. You know what I mean? He is, but it's been like that this whole show. I think the, I, I don't know the name of the actor. I forgot it, but he, he's playing him dumber. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Or just more, much more innocent, like first day on earth kind of a guy, yeah. which is I think that's funny and it makes it's sense fun. to to heighten him in that way when that's sort of Scott's game a little bit too and a lot of characters are just sort of like I'm vaguely out of touch to make him like the most insanely out of touch <laughs> uh, like is a natural progression and it works with like not like a bowling ball uh, the line right right in this scene we're talking about. In U.S., these are all called Mario Karts. I was just yeah. like, what is this? What is it's this hilarious. about? <laughs> I, I just think it's a fun thing because if if somebody's going to believe they wrote a script when they didn't, they kind of have to be that way. So I think to kind of make that work, they leaned into a little bit. I, of I don't mind it. It's funny. It just feels yes, it all, the rest of the characters of feel stuff. like, yes, these are the characters that I have seen slash read before. Young Neil is like, I don't know who this is. This is... 
It's off fresh planet. and new. How fresh and new. Yeah. So fresh and new. We did skip by, which Pete referred to earlier, a bunch of cameos, uh, which was very fun. Uh, we did get to see the two security guards. Yeah. This is like, I don't know how deep this is, but like, this is definitely like several layers deep in terms of Easter egg is the two security guards are Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, yes. who are the stars of the Cornetto trilogy, which was directed by yep. Edgar Wright, who directed Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So yep. putting them together in here when I don't think they were in the original Scott Pilgrim movie. Very no. fun casting there. Weirdly, the director of the movie, whose name is Edgar Wrong, is not Edgar Wright. It's the voice of Kevin McDonald, probably the Kevin yeah. McDonald from Kids of the Hall. Not, yeah, oh, definitely. Not that the was awesome. McDonald, who I think is a political guy. Um, mm. But yeah, super fun. I don't know why they didn't get Edgar Wright, though. Maybe he didn't want to do it? Oh, or maybe the voice wasn't as... You know, I mean, hearing Kevin's voice was really hilarious. Maybe Edgar's voice didn't have the recognition. You know what I mean? Mm, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and we got Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang as the TV gossip. Yes. Las Culturistas in the house. Shouts to yeah. them. Very fun. Uh, and Griffin Newman back for some more voices. Griffin Newman and Kirby yes. Howell Baptiste. We didn't mention this the last episode, but Griffin and Kirby Howell Baptiste seem to be like these utility players they keep throwing yeah. into roles. Great. Which is very Great fun. work. Uh, I really, while we're just calling out random things, I really, such a stupid joke, but when Lucas's agent calls him up at the beginning oh. and tells him, this town is on the verge of saying, see you later, boy. Great line. Uh, skater boy, great. Sort yeah. of a backwards callback. Uh, I also like, he answers the phone, what did I do right this time? Which is not <laughs> something I often answer the phone when my reps call. But, um, also, move. I loved how he's like, I'll fix this with a smile. And she was like, we're on the phone. I can't see you. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, later lines, uh, I got blitzed and puked on Winifred Haley was fun. Uh, I knew Lucas was going to be in her handbag and Ramona's handbag in a great yeah, way. That was great. I love seeing I, that is one of my favorite head. visuals. Yes. And That's he has such so a fun. thick neck versus like Scott is <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. guy coming out of there. He fills the whole thing. Very fun. Um, here's something that maybe I'm misinterpreting, but I thought was kind of interesting because of the way things rolled out in the first episode. Ramona never found out about knives the way that she does in the book and the way that she does in the movie. She finds out through this movie script, but doesn't react to it. As far as I could tell, what did you think about that change? Well, I think that it's wow. Real stump the panel moment there. Um, I feel like she's moved past it. I think, the show's move, but that always felt like something that was being ginned up for the sake of the story because, like, Scott, while technically was date was dating them at the same time, like, he, when he met Ramona, he was emotionally done with knives. He wasn't, like, cheating. So, like, that always felt a little bit like, well, yes, in name. I know this is bothering Pete. I'm sorry, what? He, he, no, he wasn't- you, that doesn't count, bro. You can be See. emotionally done with somebody, but until you break up with them. Yes. No, no, but no. He if, if you internally feel like you're done, but you haven't said bullshit. it you're free to whatever you no, want. I'm not saying I endorse that behavior. It but seems he like wasn't, that's exactly what you're saying. But he, I'm just saying he wasn't dating them both in a consistently ongoing basis and cheating on them. He hadn't d- 
d- done the th- hard thing of breaking up with knives because he was in quote unquote love with Ramona and he should have done that, but it just it's felt cool, like cool, more cool. of a technical thing rather than a true indiscretion. And I think this season, this show is trying to say like, ah, that's not enough of a thing for her to hang her story on or for well, her to be as a character that upset about. I think Alex to really answer your question, the moment when she was like, we haven't been there yet. You know, that all got taken away from us when he died. You know, when Lucas Lee was like, yeah, your boyfriend. And she's like, he's not my boyfriend. We have this whole love story that we've seen happen, but it hasn't happened to her. So she doesn't really have, she had one nice date. So like to get upset, you know, I think that's, she's not all the way invested in this relationship. She has moments where she is, but she's also kind of just, pulling together facts and she freaked out more about the hair color of the actor uh, playing her than and she did anything else. Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing, Pete. Okay. Well, what do you, I think you were saying some bullshit, but then, but uh, then you said it, then you said it too. Then you said it too. So we're in the well, same. Well, I wasn't saying anything about Scott. Uh, you know, if you're, you got to break up with somebody, if you're going to date somebody else, that's just how, you know, so are you saying so are you saying and if you met someone on the same caliber of Ramona you would be like I'm sorry I can't speak to you right now I am still technically in a, There's a, a little bit of a relationship speaking and spending a night with somebody or But if you're already a, emotionally invested in this new person aren't you technically cheating just by uh feeling that is? love <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you have the hard you're line way, you know no you're way too You're busted you're no, busted No I am not Free if love. someone asked me out on a date, I would be like, I'm sorry, I can't go out on this date with you. I am still dating somebody. But yeah. if you'll give me an hour, I can go break up with them and then we can go on that date. That you know? to me is pretty fucked up, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> give me one hour. I'm going to go break a heart. I'll be right back. <laughs> Sounds nice. See, see you in a bit. Yeah, Bugs Bunny over here. Yeah. Uh, you're both insane. Uh, why don't we talk about this <laughs> part instead? Um so, uh, what was I going to ask about? I was really trying to get off of this topic. The- I, nice. I have I have a topic yeah. if you need one. Uh, so we get a little bit of an indicator here, like how did you know about this scene, Neil? You weren't there, and this script has it, sort of insinuating that there's only you know one of two people that could have written the script, Scott Scott being one of them. Does that mean that the person in the mask, who we think is the kidnapper? Is that Scott himself? Did a future Scott kidnap Nega himself? Scott? Or I think Nega Scott is what I had written down mm. as Nega Scott is the kidnapper here. Interesting. Wow. That would be awesome. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I um, also am still pulling for Portal Minion, but we'll see. And just to be clear, you're talking, for anybody who didn't listen to the previous episode, you're talking about the Minions from the Despicable Me series and the Minion series. No, I'm talking about the fact and that they grabbed Scott because they thought he was a nice, fresh, uh, fresh. Uh, da da da. You love uh, saying worth that. It. You, yeah, you worth say it all the time. I do. He, well, you, he was wearing a yellow shirt, so it's easy to make that mistake because it da da da. I'm not awesome. d- deep into Minions canon. Like, is that their whole thing? Is they like bananas? Yeah, they love bananas. Which is That's weird literally... because they look like bananas. Yes, yes. I guess they're trying to you devour themselves. Hmm. Mm. In order they, to, you think they've gotten yourself, to become devour, devour yourself. What were you going to say? I was sort of agreeing with you. Like you think oh. they've taken on that color because they've eaten so many bananas. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
Either that or they have scurvy, one of the two. Um, but, you know, whatever, the new movie is coming uh, out soon. My point was that minions are just kind of like background extras that have similar outfits, and he could be just someone who works on portals. He's a portal minion. I would say, Pete, if you want to use that, make that reference, I would use a different word than minion. <laughs> just <laughs> hypothetically, it might, it might keep this conversation from happening again, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, also, I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, Pete loves minions. Why does, why does Pete love minions? <laughs> I'm sorry so that much? we have to keep going down this yeah. hole, and it's my fault, and I apologize. Thank You're you so the much. portal minion in a lot of ways, yeah. putting us which, down this What you got to do hole. is, before you get on to whatever the next thing you're going to talk about, you got to break up with the minions first. Yeah, you got to break up with this conversation before you even start the next conversation, <laughs> right, Pete? You can't even you can't even talk to the next conversation unless this conversation has been uh, like formally closed. Nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. That was really funny. Wait, did you just break up with the last conversation, Pete? Because I'm yeah. in the last you know, conversation. That, that uh, coin thing in the bottom it really reminded me of the video game. <laughs> you see, that's, you sound like you're making it up, only proving my point that you're a dog shit at this video game and you can't get any far enough along for us to review it. I'm sorry, I'm trying, except I'm not really trying at all, but I will try, I promise. Here's one that I want to throw out to Pete because I know you feel so strongly about this. When Lucas finally reads the script, he says to Ramona, the ending is unrealistic. The Ramona I know would be on to the next one which is a clear reference to the end of the movie and the controversy over it. Or it's a clear reference to how he thinks Morona operates because she just leaves a trail of X's and just moves on to the next one. From his perspective, when he saw her in the hallway already making eyes at another dude, that's what he, he Todd, thinks it was Todd. Like. Todd. Yeah, yeah, she dates Todd after Lucas. That's who she was in the hallway with. But well, what do you think about that? Like, do you think... Do you think this Ramona, for example, would make different choices than the Ramona in the movie in, in the book? Well, I hope not, because this version, is. it seems like Ramona and Scott are going to hopefully get together at the end, you know? Uh, Don't you want Knives to be with Scott? Uh, no. No, I don't know. Also, Scott really is don't. dead, right? Scott, yeah. like, I think we determined that when you hear Ramona in subspace, that's actually his uh, death rattle. No, she says he's alive in this episode. Yeah, she's fooling when, herself. When you say you want Ramona to be with Scott, you mean like in a grave, dead. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim takes off to hell. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the, uh, well, that's funny, though, that you, you're not interested in Knives and Scott in this show. And why, why is that? Because Knives is different? No, I just feel like they do a better job with their relationship. Like in the last one, it was almost a choose your own adventure. Who's it going to be? You know, in I mean? the movie, you mean? Yeah, and so that was it. Was fun. To, the classic kind of Dorothy at the end. I had the power the whole time. He realized Knives was the one he was supposed to love the whole time. The one he was with. So I thought that was a sweet message. Worked well for that setup. For this. They kind of from the beginning are you're saying, OK, it's going to be Ramona and Scott and I'm eating it up and I'm enjoying it. Hmm. I would say, though, the way this show's going, it may not even be Ramona and Scott. Like it feels like Ramona. This is such an introspection of her. I don't know if she is going to be like, all right. Let's do the title them. cards, bro. You see them kiss at the end of the at the title. Scott Pilgrim is also in the titles a lot. And he's not really in this show. 
Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. And I don't, people kiss all the time, and that doesn't mean they're married. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and in fact, Spoiler. according to Justin, you're allowed to kiss whoever you want at any point you want. And it's yeah, as long as you're emotionally invested in what's happening and emotionally L- over. Life is expensive, else. but kissing's free. So get out <laughs> there and you, kiss. I tell you, I, one thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to Lucas Lee, like, you know, you think that all of this person's supposed to get better. They be have this character arc. I love the moment where you think Lucas Lee had this kind of nice touching moment and then he sees a kid skating and then like pushes the kid and takes the skateboard and laughs. I thought that was hysterical. And even though Lucas Lee kind of maybe had some closure in life, he's still a piece of shit kind of Hollywood guy. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. You don't like him? I thought he comes off here like being pretty. I like him. I like I just want him around giving me one liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I think Let's you know, Chris Evans is killing it. This is so much fun. But he's still a douchebag at the end of the day. He takes a little kid's skateboard or a grown adult skateboard. Chris Evans is so good in this role. I know we said that yeah. before, probably back in episode two, if I remember correctly. But he is so funny in this episode. Very funny. Every line absolutely crushes. Before we start to wrap up here, though, every episode we've been talking about the fights. I thought this was maybe also the best fight in the show so far. Yes. Lucas oh Lee gosh, versus the so paparazzi. Fun. So many cool moves here. So many things that I feel like I was 100% missing from, like, Tony Hawk games and things like that. Um, That's what it felt like, for sure. The spin move through the paparazzi was really cool. The them all boarding up and then him slamming into it. Just great. Just, like, really good camera angles throughout here. It really spun around and followed him and just fun. Also, the way the uh, kind of ninjas were yelling, like, you know, uh, you're surrounded, you actor scum. Hysterical. Just Mm -hmm. really funny stuff. See, it's funny. Like, I thought the fight was fine, but I prefer the uh, more up close fights and whatnot. There's something I just didn't didn't hit me. No, not it's just different tastes, different tastes. I love the use of the skateboard in the fighting. It was just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, this was a close one. Given how yeah. hostile Justin was to the episode, but I'm still going to give it to Scott Pilgrim at the end of the day. We're going to be talking about the rest of the episodes. So we still got plenty more chances to win. If you'd like to support the show and all the shows we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come back out. We would love to chat with you about Scott Pilgrim. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And four more chances to take this, plus the video game, of course, which I'm really making some great progress on. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. And just before we move on to the next podcast, I like to formally break up with this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I'd just like to say the Johnny Cash at the end was a nice touch as well. Mm. Creative process is a mystery. I said we were broken up, Pete, and you kept going with this relationship in this podcast, so now you're cheating. (laughs) 